Stranger Rangers. This is Bree. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. First and foremost, we have on our puffy jackets. We do. It's fucking freezing. It's freezing here in Portland. It snowed. It's about that time of year where it's going to, we're going to get a surprise snow. It's like inevitable. Yeah. It's like at least the last four years we've gotten a snowstorm at the end of February. And Tyson was talking about with someone the other day and they were like, it's not going to snow in February. And he's like, um, excuse me. First year here. Have you not been living here (laughs) the last four years? Yeah. And I, on my Facebook memories, I keep getting right around this time of year, all the memories from when I worked at Enterprise and the cars were like, Covered in snow. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I mean covered. Like right. Covered completely. You couldn't see the car at uh-huh. all. It was just mounds of snow. So uh it's yeah, it totally happens this time of year. Yeah. So it's cold. We're bundled we up. We have heaters on. So if you hear this, <laughs> it's our jackets. It's our jackets. Because we're freezing. <laughs> okay. So with that said, uh, something else we wanted to address is a listener reached out to us and asked us why we kind of changed over from greeting everyone from murder lovers over to stranger rangers. And there's no one way to answer that. No, I think it's a... Right? It's, it's a combination answer. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of things and a lot of thought that went into greeting everyone as Stranger Rangers. Um, well, I'll start with a little backstory. So, murder lovers. Love that. Will always be near and dear my heart. But I think it was a... Um, I had meant for it to be murder lovers. Oh, murder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or because it was supposed to be a play on mother lovers. Uh-huh. Like motherfuckers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it it got the, it got the strong ER in there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that when it comes to expanding and it comes to merchandise or when it comes to you know, almost any situation. I mean, I have a sweater that says murder lovers. On right. It, and the looks I get. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, um, they're like the mom pulls their kid in a little closer right. to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I love it. I wear it out all the time. But I think it would be a little harder to put out merch that has that on there mm-hmm. and have it be uh, socially acceptable. And I want everyone to feel comfortable if they... A little bit more PG-13 and not so R-rated. Yeah. And I wanted everyone to feel comfortable with buying something and and not having to so much explain why there's murder lovers on their merch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, if anything, I wanted... um, We wanted it to be something that they could explain... Like, oh, Stranger Ranger, it's because of this podcast and, you know, Stranger Danger Ranger. and Exactly. You know, so we wanted to make it a little funnier. And we don't always talk about and cases things. that are surrounded around murder. Sometimes right. they're weird, spooky. Yes. So kind of going with the, not necessarily a play on words, but having fun playing with the podcast yes. name and adopting Stranger Rangers kind of fully more encompasses mm-hmm. All the different things that we like to talk about, and it's not just always blood, gore, serial killers, 
murder cases, as fun as those are and interesting to talk about, you know, we do talk about other things. Right. And it's a new year. Yes. And with that, we do have a couple designs that we've come up with for Stranger Rangers. So we're excited to show those off as well. They're so cute. They're so cute. You guys, Bettina just like totally killed it with these designs. And we will hopefully see that stuff on merch and stickers and, you know, we'll be able to, um, you know, grab a a bigger audience or it'll be more relatable to a bigger audience. Exactly. Uh, The name on the Facebook page will probably stay the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because if you're starting from the beginning, I don't want there to be any confusion on how to find that page. Right. The the group, Murder Lovers, that'll still be there. Um, and, you know, we'll continue to share stuff on there as we see fit for the cases and that extra and the bonuses on there. So that'll stay the same. But, um, but if you, I mean, if you guys hate it too, let us know. But just wait till you see the designs at least. You won't hate it after you see the designs. <laughs> you won't hate yeah. It. Hopefully you won't hate it. All right. So, with all that said, all of our laundry aired out. Yep. <laughs> um, I have a case today that is, um, it caught me by surprise. I was uh, listening to it. There's not much coverage on it, which really surprised me. There was, I think in total one podcast that covered it. Oh, wow. And I've said this before and I'll keep saying it when that happens. I'm like, there's something here. Why isn't anyone else talking about it? Mm -hmm. And it makes me want to look at it even more. And there's also, it was ran as a TV show on two different, um, I think it was like ID and 2020 or something like that. Oh, okay. Like two different specials on it? Yeah, two different specials on it. Yeah. So... All right, so today's case is going to be about Brittany Lawrence. Brittany was born May 7th, 1987. She was born in Forsyth County and grew up in Salisbury, North Carolina. Now, at this time, this case took place in around uh, 2005. At that time, she had uh, been attending North Rowan High School She had been part of the track team. She was part of choir. She was also an active member in the Henderson Grove Baptist Church in that area. Okay. So she did have kind of a big family. They were a little um, disconnected, but not so disconnected to where she didn't know both of her parents. She lived with her Mm -hmm. mom Mm -hmm. and her stepdad. Her mom remarried. Her dad's name is Roderick Lawrence. And her mom's name is Angela Vontina Weeks. Weeks is her new married name. Gotcha. She married Reginald Weeks Jr. Okay. And for all intents and purposes, Reginald had been stepdad for a long time. So So kind of the dad she knew growing up. The father figure, yeah, yeah, of sorts. Reginald Weeks Jr. and Angela had been married for about five years at this time in 2005. Okay. But they had been together longer than that. Gotcha. They had just been legally married for that long. Sure. Her parents separated um, and, you know, she her mom got remarried. She did have a younger sister who was 15 years, at, 15 years old at this time. Her name is Asti Lawrence. Mm. A-S-T-I. Okay. I super like that name. Yeah, it's cute. And they spoke every day. 
they were sisters in 2005. So cell phones were around Mm -hmm. and I mean, just phones in general, but they spoke every single day. They spoke very regularly about life in general. I'm assuming probably boys and stuff. Oh, for sure. Something that they had recently done together is on June 19th, 2005 they had seen each other in person because they went to spend father's day with their dad Roger Floritz besides that they had also shared activities like they like to go horse riding together and Mm. go to the co-cards so I'm assuming they just spent you know whatever free time they had as teenagers together yeah for sure so that was the last time that they both saw each other both her and Asti was on father's day so June 19th so after after high school, and she was a good student, I might add, um, she got a job, and she was planning on attending Robin Cabernas Community College in the fall. And then after that, as any smart student would do, go to community college first. Yes. <laughs> um, was Her plan was to then transfer to North Carolina A&T, the state university, to study education. Oh, nice. It was her goal to want to be a teacher. Uh-huh. So that's a special kind of person, if you oh, ask heck me. Oh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> There's so much dedication and it has to be something like a calling if you want to be a teacher. Well, that and also depending on what age you strive right. to teach. I look at some teachers in some of their age groups and I'm like, nope, absolutely could not, would <laughs> yeah, not, no. don't make enough money. Yeah. To teach, uh, I think sixth grade would be probably Ooh, my nightmare that's, grade. That's young. It's young. It's super young. And kids are so mean in sixth grade. <laughs> They're so mean. <laughs> so she, you know, speaking of her wanting to be a teacher, I think that encompasses a lot of um, sharing what she was like, her nature, mm-hmm. just a nice giving type of person, and obviously very dedicated. She already had this plan. Right. Um, I know that. When I entered college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Right. So, you know, kudos to her for yeah. already knowing what she wanted to do. She did have a boyfriend um, who was attending Livingston College. His name was Terry. So we are going to fast forward to July 11th, 2005. Okay. So about a month. About a month from after her. After Father's Day. After Father's Day. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So on July 11th, 2005... Her mom went to work as usual at 7 a.m. And after that, her dad usually went to work as well. And he said he left home around 7 a.m. as well. He worked with his dad, so with Reginald Weeks Sr. Okay. As a construction worker. Okay. Dad had a construction company and he was uh, working with his dad. So from home, they went directly to a job site that they had on Bourbon Street. After that, um, he went to a different site. He uh, sheetrocked some bathroom. And then from there, they took one of their cars to the mechanic shop. After that, um, they had um, Reginald Weeks Jr. I'm mm-hmm. just going to call him Reginald. Reginald Dad Sr. is not really involved in this case. Okay. I'll let you know when he is involved a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I'm just going to call Reginald Junior Reginald. Gotcha. So Reginald said that he had to run back home. So him and his dad were sharing a truck that day Mm -hmm. because they had dropped one off at the shop. And he had a client by the name of Amanda Scott who he was going to go run a proposal to. So an estimate for repairs. But he had that estimate already written up at home. Mm -hmm. So they drove to his home together, him and his dad. 
and to with the intention of grabbing that estimate going back to that client's house. When he opened the door, this was around four o'clock in the afternoon, he saw that the house was a complete mess. Oh gosh. Drawers everywhere. There was a hutch that was like a computer hutch uh-huh. that was open. There's papers everywhere. Yeah. Everything looks like someone just robbed the place. Totally just ransacked it. Exactly. Yeah. At that point, he decides to call out for Brittany because Brittany's supposed to be home. Okay. He calls out for Brittany, doesn't get an answer. He runs over to her room and he finds her on her bed. Oh, no. At that point, she was completely covered in blood. He is screaming. Yeah. So his dad comes in. Okay. Reginald Sr. Yeah. Because he hears the screams. They call the police, paramedics, police, the whole shebang's Mm. out here. She was completely clothed. Okay. She was wearing both PJ bottoms and a PJ top and both her undergarments. Okay. So she was completely clothed. And what you can say on the 911 recording is that there's a hole in her neck. Oh, geez. There's a hole in her neck. So the police come in, um, and the mom gets home soon after. She's off of work at around 3.30. By the okay. time she got home, she's home around 4.15. Gotcha. So she pulls up on possibly your worst nightmare. Yeah, just chaos, I'm sure. Police everywhere. Right. Corner at this point. Yeah. So I can't imagine being the mom, and driving up to the scene. No. On the coroner's report, you can see that there's no defensive wounds on Brittany. Mm. Like I said, she's completely clothed at the time that she is found. Mm -hmm. And there is strangulation marks on her neck. Mm -hmm. What they can find in the room is a wire hanger that's been like undone yeah it's been undone uh-huh and so they believe that is what was used as a method of strangulating her interesting also they found that she had been stabbed in the neck mm-hmm. so on obviously something happened where strangulation wasn't working right and therefore she had to she was stabbed in the neck yeah there was also blunt force trauma to her genital area Oh. So it kind of, yeah, right? That's kind of unexpected. Well, yeah, you just usually hear of blunt force trauma to the head. Right. Not the genital area. Okay. Right. And at this point, the cops are, they don't know what the hell's going on because all they know is dad came home, stepdad came home, uh-huh. found her. He's saying that he cradled her as soon as he found her, uh-huh. held her, and that's when they started calling the police. The cops are thinking at this point, based on the injuries where there's strangulation and there's blood force trauma, was it something where maybe there was consensual sex Mm, mm -hmm. and something went wrong? Sure. An argument after they had had consensual sex. Mm -hmm. Because remember, there's blood force trauma to her genital area, but she is wearing clothes on top of that. Right. So they're thinking maybe... She knew her killer. Uh-huh. Because there's also no defensive wounds. Right. So something must have happened where maybe something got out of hand. Sure. So they start interviewing people in her life, right? They interview her sister. They interview the mom. They interview the stepdad, of mm-hmm. course. The stepdad does agree to a polygraph test. 
Okay. Um, I don't know the results of that. Gotcha. But he did, um, you know, agree to, because he was the one that found her, Mm -hmm. right, technically. And possibly the last person to see her alive if mom left from home first. Sure. So possibly the last person to see her alive. They canvassed the neighborhood. There is some witnesses, and I say that in air quotes, Mm -hmm. that say they saw a man, like, running through buildings, but it was nondescript. They couldn't say, you know, what he was wearing, what kind of person this was, tall, short, hair color, nothing. They couldn't describe him whatsoever. So that kind of left the police with the sight, like, okay, we have no idea where to go. Yeah. Just this mysterious running man that we have no description on. No description on. After that, the police naturally go and interview her then boyfriend, Terry. Right. To figure out, you know... Where are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where were you when this happened? Yeah. And do you know anything? So Terry confirmed that they had been dating for several months and he immediately cooperated. Uh-huh. So he never hid from the police. He immediately went down to the station and gave a statement. He had actually been, he had just gotten home from vacation when they interviewed him. Him and his family were on vacation for two weeks. So they hadn't seen each other for oh, two wow. weeks prior okay. to this. So they, they they were able to rule him out sure. completely because he wasn't even in the area when this happened. So as the detectives are still trying to figure out what's going on, they re-interview her mom, Angela, and they come to find that about five years ago when Brittany was 13, mm-hmm. she had had an abortion. That Brittany had? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really young. Yeah, that's super young. That's super young. Yeah. When they pressed the mom a little bit more and they wanted more information about, okay, what details do you know? Mm -hmm. Do you know who might have been the father? Exactly. Was this sexual assault? Was this consensual? Was any of the information that could be helpful in the case of who killed your daughter? Sure. The mom completely shut down. The mom stopped talking to the officers and didn't give them any more information about that incident. That's really bizarre behavior because... Really weird. Yeah, if you had... I mean, you would think that she would have some information about it or at least not be afraid to talk about it and so closed lip, tight-lipped about it. It's like your kid is dead. Yeah. Lay every card on the table Absolutely. Let the detectives do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Walk down every pathway that's possible towards solving your daughter's murder. Right. Yeah. And I mean, no, I I don't see a, a um, oh, it's okay that she did that scenario. Right. Come to mind because right. I'm like, oh, what information? I mean, that's obviously you're holding something back. Yeah, it's it's shady to say the least. Right. So because that was kind of a dead end, they couldn't find any more information. And I don't, uh, I couldn't find any more information about the abortion. So I don't know if it was um, done in a proper way, Mm. like in a clinic with Mm -hmm. doctors or, you know, medical supervision, or if it was um, earlier along, like plan B, or if it was something like that. So I don't know the details of that. And I don't think that we'll ever know. Right. With the cops coming to that dead end, they had to continue interviewing people. And through friends, they found the information for Jerome Butler, which was one of Brittany's ex-boyfriends. Okay. 
Unfortunately for Jerome, he what he had this um, uh, reputation that followed him as a troublemaker. Oh no, Jerome! He had a little bit of a criminal record, but okay. it seemed like it was a um, like traffic kind of things. Like it wasn't, you know, oh, criminal. Sure, criminal, just like, like speeding tickets. Yeah. But he was known as a troublemaker. Yeah. So the cops are like, oh, okay, we're on to something, right? Yeah. So they bring him in and to interview him. As soon as they told him what had happened and why he was there, he broke down. Oh. He seemed to have genuinely been grieving. Okay. The passing of Brittany. He did not know anything about what had happened to her. And he even volunteered his blood and hair samples in order to rule him out. Oh, wow. Okay. And how long did they bring him in after she it, This was passed? within weeks. Okay. Within weeks. Okay. So... He had was, had time to find out that she had passed, so definitely could have been grieving before them bringing him in. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. But they... Uh, so, I know that... He, so, as I said, he volunteered his blood and hair samples. Sure. I will say that... Um, Whoever in this case volunteered their blood and hair samples was more of an action of goodwill mm-hmm. because I don't think there was any DNA or any physical evidence like that that would have, um, that was left at the scene that would have put anyone at the yeah, scene. Yeah, that they would have used to match to right, somebody. To the to the scene. Right. So now that they've hit dead end after dead end with the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, the mom not giving them any information, and there not being any recent break-in calls or sexual assault calls in the area. Right. So there was no, you know, string of burglaries or anything in the area. Mind you, the house being ransacked, it looked ransacked. Yeah. There was nothing missing. Just a mess left behind. Just a mess. Yeah. Drawers open, just your, you know, stage looking kind mm-hmm. of scene. For sure. So with that, the officers focus back on the parents, on mom and the stepdad, Reginald. Right. When they looked back and reviewed the comments that Reginald had made about his day, the cops were like, damn. That was a lot of information he gave to us day one. Oh, he just became a chatterbox as yes. soon as they started questioning him. He yeah. was like, I left at seven. I went to the house on Bourbon Street. I went to this house. I went to the mechanic shop. And then because of this reason, I was coming back home. He knew so many details yes. about his day. Yeah. So I think yeah. you know where I'm going with this. Yep. Reginald's looking good for mm-hmm. it. Something else that the officers found out as they started digging more into this is that the client that he was supposed to be getting the estimate for and going back to her house sure never existed. Oh, of course she didn't. So there's one thing. Another thing is that of course, Reginald said that before four o'clock when he went into the house and he found Brittany and leaving at 7 a.m. He had not been back to the house mm-hmm. that entire day. Right. Come to find out, one of the one of the things he told the officers was that at seven a.m. when he was leaving, he actually was driving down the street and he like said hi to one of his neighbors. Okay. At around seven seven thirty ish when mm-hmm. he was leaving, they went and talked to that neighbor, and I don't know why he thought that neighbor would vouch for that. Uh huh. Because the neighbor was like, "No, I actually saw him driving by at like 11. 
or eleven thirty. It's a big difference. That's a big difference. Yeah. 7 a.m., and that's a four-hour difference. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know how he thought the neighbor was going to confuse almost noon with, but crack of dawn. <laughs> exactly. Like, those are completely different times. You're yeah. either a morning person, and you're out in your yard at 7 a.m., mm-hmm. or you're just waking up in your first cup of coffee at Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, is it your so, first cup of coffee or your fourth cup of coffee? There's a big difference there. Yeah. He came by my third cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Roderick, um, Brittany's dad said that on the day of the murder, they all show up to the house, right? Mm -hmm. And there's cops and there's, everything's at the house. It's kind of chaotic. Right. Um, and I'm sure it's a whirlwind of emotions, what to do next, questions, you know, and what the hell happened. Yeah. In hindsight, he remembers that Reginald told him as he was consoling him, so the stepdad to the dad, Uh told him she had a peace, she died a peaceful death. The fuck? And how, uh, well, first first of all, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. Second of all, how do you know that? Right. And he didn't think about that till till later. Uh Uh-huh. But looking back on it now, it's like, this motherfucker. Yeah. Why would you even say that? In what world is being strangled and being stabbed in your neck a peaceful death? A peaceful death. He obviously does not know when to keep his mouth shut. Right. Brittany had told a friend that when she was younger, she was actually getting raped by Reginald. Mm. When the friend said, Well, this is something we have to take to the police. Yeah. Brittany said, just kidding, and put it off as a joke. Oh, that makes me sick to my stomach. Obviously a cry for help. Right. And when the friend immediately went to, hey, let's, you know, we got to tell someone. Yeah, and see, that's, she got so, scared. that's so confusing because she, like you said, you know, cry for help. She obviously brought it up, mm-hmm. but then totally shied away when it got to the point of getting law enforcement involved right. that's so hard yeah getting legal help you right know? and with all that information uh, mom and reginald lawyered up mm-hmm. they refused to give the blood and hair samples but they ultimately were court ordered to do so right so eventually they did get that information and on august 12 2005 the police were able to serve a search warrant and they arrested Reginald for nice. this. So they got in there super fast. So within a month, yeah, they were able to arrest him mm-hmm. and bring him in for these charges. The mom stood by Reginald the entire time. That's disgusting. Went to his trials and everything. Something else that came up in trial is that he actually did go to one of the job sites. And on one of the job sites, he asked someone for matches and disappeared for a little bit. And then when he came back, he was also bringing back like a gas can. And turns out he was, he had burnt like a towel from the home. Oh. Which is odd. So something maybe he used to clean up himself. Uh And that came out during the trial? Yeah. Okay. Now his trial was pretty speedy. He didn't have a prior record. Okay. He only only had traffic stuff on his right. record. In 2007, so about two years from the original arrest, um, his he had his day in court. He actually took an Alfred plea. So 
an Alfred plea uh, for this case was a combination of the rape and the murder charge. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about them before, the Alfred pleas. Yeah. So that means that there's enough information or whoever's taking the Alfred plea says, there's enough information where it doesn't look good for me. Right. So I'm going to take this. It doesn't say I'm guilty, but there's enough to make me look like I'm guilty. I don't really want to roll the dice with a jury and get... A harsher sentence. He got nine years. Wow. He got nine years. And he was released on probation in 2015. Oh, wow. So he's out already. He's out already. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? And I bet she's still with him. Yeah. It looks like it. So the re- so the why right the the big why behind this because why would a stepdad kill his 18 year old mm-hmm. stepdaughter and the biggest working theory out there and this is something that was brought up on the tv shows and some people vehemently say this is not why um but then i would say tell me another reason then so the working theory is that he had been sexually abusing mm-hmm. Brittany for at least five years. Yeah, at least. Um, that we think of because she had an abortion in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, if she had an abortion, that probably means that wasn't her first time. Or maybe it was. I don't know. But at least five years. Well, and it explains the mom being so tight-lipped about right. the situation, too. So right. that totally adds up. So that's uh, one theory that he had been sexually abusing her and with her growing up and had these aspirations to leave the house, go to college, Mm -hmm. live her life, that he felt the walls closing in on him of this secret that he had or they had. And that, you know, on that day, it just so happened that something happened either. And see, some people say it might have been consensual. I don't think so, but that's just my opinion. Chances are unlikely that it was consensual. And so some sexual encounter happened. Uh Uh-huh. And either a conversation started after she had gotten dressed already. And that's when things got out of hand and he felt, you know, the pressure. He snapped Mm -hmm. and killed her. And something interesting that happened was that when they started looking back into him was that they read the report that he had gotten into the room, cradled her, crying, called 911. Right. When they actually reviewed tapes from the TVs that night, TV reporters that were out in the house that oh, night. Oh, okay. They saw that both the mom and Reginald were embracing in the front yard, mm-hmm. right? They just are going through this right now. Sure. And there was absolutely no blood on Reginald. So he couldn't have gone in there and cradled her. Right. Right. Especially with how much blood there was on the scene. Yeah. It's impossible that you wouldn't have gotten anything on you. Right. So that, so that's the one theory. Um, I don't know if there's any other theories that I support. Right. Um, the blunt force trauma to the, the genital area, that, the, the the prosecutors believe that that's either something that was done to cover up any sexual activity mm. in a way. Yeah. Um, or it was very forceful 
and dramatic penetration. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like we talked about in the beginning, like I've never heard that that term used in correlation with any sort of, you know, sexual activity or proving sexual trauma. So my brain is like kind of imagining something like really gruesome. Yeah. And um, almost in like a crime of passion. Cover up, like a cover, passion cover up. Exactly. Yeah, so just had no time to think, let's do, you know, I want to do something to make it look like it's not me or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. So the the why behind it is not really answered. The sentence is a joke, Yeah, nine years. Nine years, and he got out on probation on eight. So um, there is a news article out there that says he had it doesn't say why or what but there was some kind of parole violation so he did end up back in jail a couple years ago Mm. but that doesn't mean that it's for the same thing you know right it's not serving time for the crime no so and especially with part of the crime being a murder yeah like i mean and he was charged with rape too the alfred was a combination of both the rape and the murder yeah nine years that's insane nine years is a joke I wonder if it was, you know, just to throw out a, a, a theory of how things could have played out. You know, she's she's 18 in high school, still living at home. These things are allegedly going down between right. the two of them, and it's not a consensual relationship. She hasn't disclosed this information to anyone yeah. other than potentially her mom maybe knowing something about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's getting ready to go off to college, and he is feeling like he no longer has that control over her to keep her mouth shut about what's going on. And God forbid she runs off to college and she goes and, you know, confides in somebody about what's going on. Or comes after him. Outgrows, you know, or, or he's afraid that she's able to just put this behind her. Sure. Like move past it. Right. And go into a relationship, a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. you know, almost like jealousy. Yeah. If I can't have you, nobody can. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. That's that's really sad. Yeah. That's brutal and but, disgusting. And I'm yeah. really extra disgusted in the mom. I can't. Yes. Imagine. Yeah. If all of those allegations were to be true, which I don't have any reason to believe that they're not. Not. Yeah. I just cannot understand how one stays with somebody when they're abusing their child like that. That's no. crazy. No. For so long, For too. S- right. And what's scary is that when Brittany was 13 and had the abortion mm-hmm. is right around the same time that her and Reginald got married. Right. So I don't know if the marriage was more of a hush-up, like a, you know... I was going to say he locked her down for that spousal privilege. privilege. Yeah, probably. It makes sense. It would definitely be a motivation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a piece of shit. I can't believe it. Total piece of shit. Yeah, that sentence is a joke. Yeah. That was a straight-up joke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the case of Brittany Lawrence. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not a little bit more coverage on that... um, just given the circumstances and the personal relationships of everything. And the only thing why I think it didn't get as much coverage is for a couple of reasons. They arrested him only a month after. 
Right, so there wasn't this big sensationalized play right. out hunt down who done it, who did, right? And after that, although he was waiting in jail for his, you know, his sentencing or his um, his trial, he took an Alfred plea. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't again this whole drawn out trial as to you know did you do it right or, juries and testimonies right. and none of that yeah so that kind of shortened everything. And then, man, yeah, so nine years, and he was able to walk away. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's a, a, fail, one, that's right? a fail of the system, a little yeah. bit, in my opinion, North as far Carolina. as that goes. Yeah, seriously. Which you, Carolina. I mean, it, any state should be equally as serious about any of right. those charges, but you would kind of, I don't know, I guess I correlate more southern states with more conservative views laying down harsher sentences for stuff like that but i guess that's part of settling for a plea deal unfortunately i just can't believe that the plea deal offered a sentence that short yes so that's that's pretty wild luckily they figured this one out yikes but all right so that's the case And if you haven't joined us already on all the social medias, please do so. Check us out on Patreon. And then I think we're going to probably reveal one of the designs this week for Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I want you guys to see that. So Super excited. Maybe make some stickers, send that out to Patreon. So we'll see how that goes. More patches. More patches. (laughs) More patches. (laughs) Yeah, show us where you put your patches. Yes, please. All right. Well, stay safe. Yeah, and don't be a stranger. Bye. Bye.